stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Howdy and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Today we're going to talk about nimbility uh, in the face of the current chaos of today's world, which is going to be a fascinating conversation and a wonderful conversation with my beautiful friend Mark Smith or Mark S.A. Smith. Before I get into that, I just want to say that my Confident Leaders program will be running next year, 2023, starting in about February, March. Um, It will be mixed organisation. So if you've got somebody in your organisation or if you are in a leadership role and it can be at any level and you would like to build more confidence and get a deeper understanding of yourself and others uh, in your team and around you, I am looking for participants. Well, I'm not looking that hard because it's starting to fill, but um, I really want to put it out there before all the spots do fill and give you guys an opportunity. However, it is in person and it is in Gippsland. So you would need to be able to be in person for six months, one day a month uh, in the Gippsland area. So if that interests you, um, go to my website, karenvaughan.com and just send me an email through one of the contact forms. And I would love to hear from you. And believe me, you will get so much out of it and really, really understand people. So I'm giving you a bit of a heads up. So hope to see some of you there or hope to hear from some of you. Now back to today's interview. It is fantastic. As I said, I'm speaking with Mark and Mark Smith, and he's got a couple of books, The Nimble Company and The Nimble C-Suite. And there's a very long uh subtitled to each of them, but I will put that in. You can read that in the show notes. Mark is incredible, a wonderful human being who really speaks from an authentic place and really speaks with his heart. He is an incredible business leader and has, you know, just helped businesses with billions of dollars of stuff. And I don't even understand that stuff. Actually, it's billions of dollars of disruptive technology, to be precise. That stuff is way above my head, but he is an absolute dream and he is an absolute expert in that. So if if you just want to know a little bit more about business and a little bit more about how to manage the chaos, you are going to love today's conversation. So let's get into it and welcome, Mark. It is so good to be with you, Karen. I, I love your energy. I love your spirit and I'm honored to be on your podcast. Oh, I love you too. Are you? You're just one of the most, I don't know, generous people that I know. And I just love talking to you. We've been talking for, I don't know, well over a year, maybe. I don't know how long it's been, but all through COVID. And you, you've been one of those people that has really lifted my spirits on a number of occasions. So, you know, I really, really feel blessed about that. Well, thank you. I, I, that's what I'm here for is to bring peace and joy to my my fellow earthlings we got to look after each other 
We absolutely do. Yeah. I think it's funny is that with COVID, a lot of it kind of took a split, you know, and, and we divided a little bit and then others formed real little tight knit groups and everything else. And it, and it was very hard not to be caught up in all that in that mess. And we are going to talk about chaos today, but it's, um, you know, it's, it was very important to find like minded people and really feel like you had a sense of belonging and a place to be. So you were part of that for me. So thank you. And thank you. And hope for the future. True. True. <laughs> we shouldn't lose that. It's, I want to, you know, now I'm just, I know I want to get into this because I want to talk about nimbility and it's kind of like, I don't know if that's a real word or not, but you've made it up and it's fantastic and I love it. It's a real word now because now it's in the dictionary. Um, before we do, you are parked. I love your lifestyle. And every time I talk to you, 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 you you've got this beautiful big um, trailer truck, you know, we call them a camper van, whatever, that you live in. It's magical. And you just travel around the country and park wherever you want for a month. And, oh, I love your lifestyle. Where are you now? I'm in Colorado, uh, parked outside of a horse barn. And this is an equestrian center where they work with disabled people and horses. Yep. And I'm surrounded by 50 magnificent animals that are happy and loved and well cared for. And so I look out of my windows and I see horses and I see the Rocky Mountains. Mm. And I have this wonderful sense of awe mm. because I could rewind myself perhaps 200 years. And the only difference is that there would be no fences, but the mm. horses would be here. And the buffalo would have been here. And part of my lifestyle is to move me out of my comfort zone every day. When you're a nomad, yeah. you, your world is different. Every day is a different world. And when I relocate to a different location and I go where I'm inspired, so it's going to be something that's going to be interesting and there are people I need to meet and experiences I need to have. And I don't know where the grocery store is. And I, <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing. <laughs> uh, not really. Well, well, fortunately, I'm well stocked and I could go for quite a while without needing groceries, but it is nice to have fresh cream for my tea. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. What, what about the flies when, with all those horses? Oh, to... <laughs> oh you're, you're so right. These horses, of course, are fly magnets and, and <laughs> horses live with flies for about, uh, you know, three quarters of their their year and, yeah. and then flies die off when it gets cold and, and flies are my spiritual animal you know we don't we don't choose the animal they choose us and i tend to draw flies and it's not because i don't shower they just <laughs> seem to like me and instead of instead of having the fly anger me i say okay you're part of creation and if if you're here to teach me something and if that just is patience i'm okay with that yeah so if a fly if a fly lands on my forehead and, and and I ask it to come back later. That's what's going on. <laughs> I wouldn't be asking it to come back, but I'm, my spirit animal must be mosquitoes then. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, that's that's an that's an interesting question. I, I don't know if we have enough time to talk about the uh, the <laughs> spiritual implication of of mosquitoes, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, I seem to attract them, but I think I'd rather my spirit spirit animal be a unicorn. But never oh, wouldn't mind. that be lovely? They'd each out of house and home, but yes. Oh, that'd be great. Like, 
and 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 if you if you get a little bit, we were just saying before we got on, you know, the internet was you know chopping and 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 chopping out here and there. And Mark said such a great point. But isn't it wonderful that we can chat all the way across the world? You know, even if we have to have a few little dip dip dips going on. I agree with you. It's bloody marvelous. Marvelous. It is. It is. I'm well. I'm using uh, Elon Musk's Starlink, which means <laughs> that I can get internet service to a you know, really fairly high degree of quality anywhere that I'm camped. That's mad. and and that was really one of the things that enabled this uh, lifestyle, is that um, I can do work literally from anywhere, wow. and uh, and and so it it allows me to to be in places where I have a sense of awe and reverence. Yeah. And 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 still work with my clients, and that's that's the goal. Yeah, push the the comfort zones, feel awe and reference, and then use that state of being to help uplift my clients. It's funny because I've thought about that often. You know, like take, having an online business, and um, you know, being able to travel anywhere you want and still do your work. But there's a big strong part of me that loves being in a room with people do you, you know and I, I think if I didn't get that I, I reckon the other the other stuff would lose its shine for me you know because I I geez I need that I love that so much indeed and, and, and I've done over 2,000 in-person events I'm wow. with you yep and you know when the, the demand begins again for to do in-person transformational events well, I can still, I can be on an airplane anywhere in 45 minutes. Yep. You know, my lifestyle doesn't mean I can't do in-person events. Yeah. It, yep. it just means I might go back to a different city <laughs> every time I go visit them. It's, uh, I think, you got, I think that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the only difference. I'm three and a half hours away from an airport, so I think you know there's a fair bit of going on. Well, I'm coming to America in a couple of weeks, so uh, no, actually, by the time this goes out, I will have probably already been to America. But you know, it's it's um anyway, anyway, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about you. So you 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 know we want to talk about being nimble and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of talk about um adaptability you know when we were, got into chaos into chaos into COVID it was kind of like first it was pivot 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 and then it was got to be adaptable there's a lot of talk about that there's not much talk about being nimble so I've, I've only heard it since you've started really raising it as a concept and I love it so tell us about the concept of being nimble well when my business partners and I sat down and said, what value can we bring to the world? And through the conversations and through COVID, we identified that being able to manage chaos required a high sense of nimbility. You, you don't manage chaos, you actually surf chaos yeah. because you go from point to point to point to point. And the issue is that pivoting requires an anchor. Yeah. And in chaos, you don't have an anchor. Mm. There is no point to pivot from. And so even that concept of pivoting uh, was limited in, the, in a sense when everything is being disrupted. Mm. And so in the heart of upheavals and the heart of up disruption, we need something different. And as we had extraordinary conversations about that, what we settled on is the concept of nimbility. And yes, we made it up. But we needed a word to describe 
the capacity to be nimble. And mm -hmm. nimble, by our definition, is the intersection of innovation and resilience. Mm. And while a lot of people can innovate, they may not be able to be resilient. And while a lot of people can be resilient, they may not be able to innovate. It's the two together that allow us to be nimble. The concept behind resilience is, is the ability to bounce back. If you can't bounce, you can't bounce back. Mm. It's the ability to have sufficient mental resources, spiritual resources, and physical resources to take a different direction and not worry about the loss. Instead, seek the gain. Mm. You know, we can spend time thinking about sunk costs, but we can never get them back. We can never fix history. All we can do is be in the present moment and say, okay, what's the next step we're going to take? And we may not know what step to take, the second step to take until we've taken that first step. And so that's where the resilience comes into mind. And what that means is we need to be able to take on at least for the areas in our life that feel chaotic, we need to be, be able to take on um, being comfortable with uncertainty. Mm. Mm. And a lot of people aren't comfortable with uncertainty. They want to know. They want to know where the pe next paycheck is going, coming from. And they want to know that when they go to their favorite restaurant, it's going to be a certain way. Yeah. And certainly I live in a lifestyle of uncertainty. Mm. And so I've I've gotten to the place where I'm very comfortable with uncertainty, and I can share with people those things that I've learned along that journey. Mm. Um, and an important part of being comfortable with uncertainty is is a spiritual practice. Yeah, it's the knowledge that there is a there is a power beyond you that is benevolent. And there's a power beyond you that is willing to support you when you don't know where your support is going to come from. Yeah. And for some people, that's not possible. And for other people, it's that's how they live. And it's not a judgment of goodness or badness. It just is an observation that the most nimble people that I know happen to have an active spiritual practice. Mm. And for them, faith helps them manage uncertainty. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because I'm not I'm not religious at all, you know, and I, and I don't believe in a God. But as such, as like like some religions paint that as a person, you know, and I just don't believe in a person. But I believe in in universal connectedness, to, you know, and and something greater, a greater energy than all of us, and that we're all connected to. So in in essence, it's kind of the same thing. Do you, but it's it's it is faith in in something an energy that's got your back do you know an energy yes that, yeah working behind the yes energy. yeah <laughs> yes in fact the the energy it got it got your back I, yeah. you know, I don't care what you call it i don't care how you label it but knowing that there is there is an energy that's got your back is what allows us to handle uncertainty yeah yeah and um, so it's Yes, 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 we yes, yes. We should coin that, got your back, <laughs> the God that's got your back. I, I love it. I also love you talking about resilience too, and I, I want to offer just an extension of that. And I think that um, I believe that the most resilient people are the ones that have a sense of optimism um, sitting there because 
when you can hope for it, when you can believe that something better is around the corner, it gives you way more motivation and grit, you know, to bounce back. Because if you if you can't see, if you haven't got the capacity to believe that something better is coming, it, there's, there's not much motivation to bounce back. Do you, there's mm-hmm. just but there's right. optimism underneath. Just I, I know for me, I'm highly resilient, but I'm highly optimistic that there's something better around the yes. corner, you know, and it's... Well, well, yes, and 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 that's a really excellent point. Optimism brings resilience, yeah. and we all believe at some level a certain type of future exists. Yeah. And if we worry, we mm-hmm. believe that the future that is going to exist is one that's undesirable. Yeah. Worry is anticipating an undesirable experience. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and and confidence is the opposite of worry. Mm. Uh, confidence is expecting a desirable experience. Yep. And yep. it doesn't make any difference which one you choose, you're probably gonna get it. Yeah. Just because of... <laughs> the law of attraction, it's, it's whether you wanna call it the law of attraction, whether you wanna go down that path or say that's a, a crock of shit, whatever narrative you've got, whatever belief system is active in you, you know, your reticular activating system is going to seek it out no matter what, and it's going to appear. And it is so damn important. Even And, and we're all going to have negative thoughts because we're all sitting on a negative bias. You know, that is, that's, that's human. But it's whether we catch ourselves, you know, and, and say, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, I'm sitting in this negative space or it's, that's a bad narrative, just chuck that narrative out, let's switch it over to something. I shouldn't say good or bad because, you know, I don't like to label things good or bad in that sense, but we are all going to experience negativity and it's 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 whether we can say, whether we can alert ourselves to it and, and recognise it and then do something do something about it to... Oh, well, sure. Ne- negativity... You know, a negative negativity is part of our experience on this planet. Yeah. Um, and whether we, and the question, what do we feed ourselves? Do we feed ourselves negativity or do we feed ourselves positivity? Mm. And the media is 100% negative because that's its business model. Its business model is to scare the living hell out of you so that yeah. you sit through their advertising for some pharmaceuticals yeah. or legal services or other things that are going to help reduce your anxiety. Mm. And so what that means to me is that I just can't consume media. Yeah. It just, it's not, it does not feed my soul. And I know that they're all made up stories. 95% of what we hear in the media is, is not true. Yeah. There may, yeah. there may be an element of truth, but there's, there's enough, uh, enough non-truth to it that's not worth it. And that is also the case for most social media. I, yeah. I just can't consume that because it pulls me in a direction that, that doesn't feed me. It's not something that I desire. Mm. And then the, sec- the second way we can insulate ourselves from that, not, from that uh, negativity is make sure that we hang out with people that are optimistic. Yeah. And and you know a listener might be thinking, oh, but what you you know you're being naive, you're being a Pollyanna, and and the answer is okay if that's what you feel. I'm fine with you having that opinion, and I dare you for one month to go on a media diet where you don't consume any media, and see what happens to your level of happiness and see what happens to your level of anxiety. And, you know, prove to yourself or, you know, or prove me wrong. 
you know, I'm just as anxious not watching as I am watching the news. But as Mark Twain said, if we if we uh, read if you don't read the news, you're uninformed, and if you read the news, you're misinformed. Yep. Oh, oh, I like that. Well, I haven't watched the news for bloody ten years because I don't, I don't, I can't stand it. You know, I'm sure there was the hurricanes in Florida. I've got friends in Florida, so I checked that to make sure. You know, just wanted to see where it had hit and all that sort of stuff. No, we could, yeah, but, well, of course, but we can, we can do, we can do check-ins, right? Yeah. I mean, it's okay to check in. Yeah. But don't consume. That's you know, that's part of of how we we remove that negativity, which allows us to to build that resilience. Yeah. So, so, and that's really what we're talking about is, okay, how do we protect our resilience? That's what this entire conversation has been about. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, you said, I watch the news, I watch the news, which tells me to get pharmaceuticals to, you know, to go to a lawyer and to reduce my anxiety. In actual fact, in, in actual fact, you wouldn't have anxiety as much if you weren't bloody consuming all this stuff, you know, and, and it's kind of like this just, you know, I'll feed you something that's poisonous and then I'll give you a Band-Aid to make you feel better. But if we were just living a more healthy life, you know, without uh, consuming all that poison, you know, we'd be in a better state. Anyway, we could go on about this forever because I, I hate We can. Stuff. <laughs> But, well, but and, and 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 you know and and but the point is is that that's you know we have to call it out for what it is. You want more resilience? Stop consuming negativity. And mm-hmm. if you want more resilience, you start thinking about there is a power in the universe that's got your back. Yeah. Because that right? Because that universe is going to make sure that if you're willing to leap, the net will appear. It always does. Yes, it always does. It always does. I can't tell you, I've got a sign up here. For God's sake, Karen, tell the universe what you want. And and, All right. And I have it there because sometimes I forget. Sometimes I get like, oh, I can't figure this out. And then I'll look up and see the sign. I'm like, okay, universe, this is what I need. And I can tell you, people will think I'm a bloody crazy bitch. But I tell you, it, it turns up every single time. It turns up. Every single time, I every ask and single time, every single time. And it's, it's sometimes right. within minutes. You know, it's it's um, I want answers to things. Yes, want, you know, I want one of the things I remember. I was in my paddock and I said, "Universe, you know what? I need an extra job on Wednesdays. I need because I was working part time, so I just need an extra day on Wednesday." And I came back in from the paddock. There was a message on my phone. You know, that was when we didn't have mobile phones. That was the phone on the wall. And it said, oh, hi, Karen. It's I won't say who it's so-and-so. I'm um, just wondering if you're free to work Wednesdays from now on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I rang her back. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just love it. And, you know, it's, 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 important, it's important to remind ourselves of those miracles. Yeah. Because it lets us know that more just like that are available. Yeah, and that's why gratitude is such an important part of our life. Yeah, and uh, and it, it really is a, a really important power to, for us to to turn the belief into knowing. Yeah, and and that provides us with extraordinary resilience. And then there's innovation. Okay, how do we? What happens? How do we innovate in the situation? And then, and as we were warming up for this recording. Yeah. Um, we were sharing our conversations about during COVID. Of course, you do lots and lots of amazing workshops and your audiences love you. And <laughs> you. they're different. They walk out different people than they walked in. 
and they have no idea what to expect other than, you know, hey, this could be a good time. And they walk out not realizing how much more they love themselves because you taught them to love themselves more. And it's such a powerful, powerful thing that you do in that environment. And it took all that away because it's difficult to do those kind of transformational workshops through video. We can approximate it, but we can't. We don't have the same level of of transformation. And 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 you know, if we could do transformation transformational work through video, then the army would do video boot camp. Yeah, yeah. But they don't. Yeah. They need the recruits for six weeks to get them transformed into uh, to fighting men. Yeah. Uh, they turn them from sassy brats into fighting men. <laughs> and so. you, you you have to. That's what they are, right? Yeah. They come in young whippersnappers that know everything and they, they leave disciplined and, and mm-hmm. proud of themselves. Yeah. yeah. And but that requires that in-person experience. So what you did is you didn't just pivot because there was no pivot to take. There was no anchor to have. Instead, what you did is you created, you innovated. And and what I'm sharing with our listener is is my experience in having conversations with you. And what you did is intuitively and instinctively uh, did what was the best possible thing for you to do for your business. When it comes to our success in sales and uh, all of us sell, whether Mm. you love the word selling or hate the word selling, it doesn't make any difference. Selling is nothing more than how can I be of service to you and how can we create a transactional relationship? And most people's hate for selling is people that use manufactured consent and manipulation. And that's not selling. Yeah. That's just evil. Mm. And, and, and true selling feels good to everybody involved. Yeah. So what, what you, what you did is uh, the three factors of success in selling is half of our success is the motivation we're speaking with. Do they need the value you bring? Yeah. And if they don't, it's not a sale. You're not rejected. They don't need it. That's all. Yeah. And then 40% of our success is the relationship we have with them. Do they believe us? Do they trust us? Do they think we have their back? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Because even if they're motivated to consume what we do, if they don't trust us, they'll find somebody who they do trust to say, to to, to take care of their, their issues. And then 10% is what we sell. Yeah. Investors can buy everybody a they can hire another facilitator. They can, there's just a thousand problems. But we took away our delivery. We couldn't deliver the product and it removed the motivation. Mm. People couldn't do in-person meetings. Yeah. And so what you did is took the only thing you had left, which was relationship. And you mm-hmm. spent the entire COVID season building relationships. Yep. Genuine ones. It, yep. That's exactly it. Genuine relationships. Mm-hmm. So that when the motivation returned, you were top of mind. Yeah. That is innovation. Yay. <laughs>
<laughs> you you cut out, you cut out right in the middle of all that. But what Mark was saying, because and I know because we had the conversation before, he was talking about that 10% is product, you know, and, and just saying that um, you know, the product's not there when there's not a when, when no one can buy it. So and I love what you're saying. Well, I love that I think I might use what you said as a pitch for myself because I think you, you articulated it way better than I could ever do that. But I, I think um you know the the oh, you said something in there about the relationships and that is just such a to me I I don't want to do work with people that I can't have a relationship with do you know it's it's um I, I think that people undervalue you know the importance of relationships in and selling I used to be really anti-selling until I realized that people need people really do need and val- get value from what you sell but it's um I can't stand these trends that, you know, when you said that the manipulative stuff, I, I, people do that to me through LinkedIn and I, it just turns me straight off. There's, there's no way I'm ever going to do business with them, but it's, um, why wouldn't you build a relationship with people? Well, I, then you, and not only that is when you do the work with them and you've got a good relationship, they give you honest feedback. Do you, you know, they don't just blow a whistle up your bum and then sort of send you off and never have your back again. You know, they really, really sit down and chat with you about, oh, that was great. You know, can we do this next time and that sort of stuff? And it's, it's big. I think it's big, massive. Yeah. And- well, and and I think COVID illustrated to us that relationships have more value than ever. Yeah. You know, we we were separated as we're pack animals. Mm. Although there are those there are those of us that love that love to be loners pack animals and we need to have the human interaction and that's and we've been craving it and uh, i I was talking to uh to somebody who uh, the association for the first time in three years is having a meeting and they are so oversold because everybody (laughs) wants to get back together again yeah They, they 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 hunger to hug each other's neck yeah and they they hunger to sit down and and have a meal and laugh and tell stories and yeah. so the relationship is back mm. as far as you know we're, we've been resensitized to that yeah we just had our um girls with hammers conference last week and or two weeks ago anyway just 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 gone and it was fantastic and everybody was just so huggy but and last year we just squeezed it in just before we got locked down the week after so we just squeezed it in but people you're right people crave crave human connection they really do anyway we keep talking about me stop it mark we're supposed to be talking about you because I <laughs> well that's you're so kind but i want to point out that what we're by you i'm using you as an example of you know you practice what i preach yeah and i want to and your listener knows you better than i know you or they know me rather your listener knows you better than they know me and so by using you as an example for these principles they can they can grasp it really quickly so i'd rather tell stories about you to i'd rather tell stories about you to illustrate my points Thank you. That actually makes sense. Yes, and I'll take it all. <laughs> well, and and, and you know, and that's that's an that, that's an experience that I learned 
you know, for doing 2000 live events worldwide. I've, I've, I've spoken in 54 countries and on six mm-hmm. continents. And, and it, while that sounds impressive, it just means I did a really good job fulfilling my dream. Yes. That's, that's all that that meant. That's, you know, I had a, I'm an adventurer as you can tell by my lifestyle. And, <laughs> and, and one of the things I learned is exactly that point is, is illustrate your points through the audience's stories. Yeah. Yeah. And they become, the audience loves me because I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that in my leadership program yesterday. I said, I'm going to walk in this room and love you. No, I don't even care if you don't like me. I'm going to love you no matter what. And it's, that's and I really right. mean that. You know, when you extend love, people can't help but be, you know, be wrapped up in it. But you've got to extend. Everything is about genuine. Oh. These things can sound like tricks and they can sound like, oh, yeah, if I do this and if I do that. But you you can't fake that stuff. You can't fake love. You can't no. fake genuine relationships. Do you know, you can't. You can try, but you'll be crap. Well, well, manipulation, well, we can manipulate and create the illusion of that, but it's unsustainable. That's right, yeah. And the illusion, once a person sees it, will never trust you ever again. Yep. And yep. so while I understand the manipulative techniques, I refuse to use them because they're false gold, the fool's gold. Yep, yep. And you. And so it's it's one of those. Oh, I've got a uh, I've got a spirit animal circling me. <laughs> Making your nose twitch. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's that's it. Yeah, it's the worst part is I lay in bed and they crawl up my nose. And <laughs> Yuck! It, it's not quite that bad. I, I and my my house is clean. Okay, it's not because. <laughs> well, we've got lots of spiders here, and I get spiders uh, in my house at night. No. Sometimes I wake up. <laughs> oh, perhaps, perhaps that's perhaps that's your spirit animal, though. Spider is a very powerful spirit animal because they're creative. Every day they create a new web. I know, aren't they amazing? We've got mm-hmm. we've got really that's... big spiders, and they are big, like they're as big as you know. They, they're very big. Not not the huntsman. There's another spider, and it only comes out in summer. And every night they do these big webs so that they catch, you know, whoever's flying past at night, the mozzies and everything else. And then every day they pack them up and there's no sign of them. And you can see them up in the on the roof. They're a tiny little black blob. Well, they curl up into this. But then they come out and they're this great big thing. And they fascinate me how they build these webs. And they're perfect. They are. You, everyone should watch Charlotte's Web and Don't Kill Spiders. That's what I think. <laughs> No, that's that's right. It's a fear that is a bit irrational. Yeah. I wanted to share a couple more ideas on on how yes. to handle chaos. Yeah. And you know, we've been talking about nimbility and resilience and innovation in in a deep way, so that people understand what those that we're not just talking about words. We're talking actually about personal practices. The practice of resilience, the practice of innovation, is personal. Now, the interesting thing is when we combine those two together, it reduces fear. Because we're not afraid to make mistakes anymore. Yeah. Because we know we have resilience. We know we can go out there and try something if it doesn't work. We it, it we'd learned. You know, yeah. as Thomas Edison said, you know, no, I've never failed. I found ten thousand ways not to do it. Yeah. And 
and so he really reinvented. I think that that Edison really invented the concept of uh, of industrial innovation mm. to invent for invention's sake. And his goal was to have a major invention every ninety days and a minor invention every day. And by using that kind of a methodology, you know, he was insistent on on creation. Uh, of ideas and flow of ideas and nobody has more patents with his sign signature on than edison yeah. of course he had an entire team that did it <clears throat> but that's okay there's no worries about that but there's there's three ways for us to reduce unintended chaos so let me step up a level chaos is a situation where we don't see the pattern yeah that's it yeah. Normally, we go into a situation, we see the pattern, go, oh, I know how to respond to that. Mm. But in chaos, we don't see the pattern, so we don't have a predetermined response to mm. that unusual, unknown pattern. Yeah. And that's why we have to be able to be okay with the uncertain if we're going to, to, to surf chaos. Just knowing that, okay, we'll just we'll pick what we know and take that step, and then we'll pick what we know and take that step. And before we know it, we now understand the pattern within that chaos and we've mastered it and we can profit from it. Mm. And, and that said, there are three things that introduce unnecessary chaos into our lives. And every well-meaning executive, every well-meaning manager, every well-meaning person has, um, has only three reasons to fail. And that's, that's what introduces the chaos. And reason number one is a blind spot. Mm. We all have blind spots. And a blind spot is we don't know what we know. Yep. And the best way to handle blind spots is to be okay with people pointing out your blind spot, yep. knowing that there's no other way for you to see it. And mm. a really great example of that is, uh, have you ever played solitaire? Yeah. Patience with cards. Yeah. Yep. Right. I cheat. Then, ah! Okay. Let's. <laughs> that's okay because of the, cheating in solitaire is a pardonable sin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It, 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 it means what happens is it, it means that you get to if you get the joy out of the game by by cheating and that, yeah. that's okay. Um, but you, but you've had the experience where you've watched somebody else play solitaire and you can see moves they can't. Yep. Yep. And you've had the experience where you sat there playing solitaire and had somebody watching you over your shoulder and on moves you didn't. Yep. And we've been on both sides of that experience where we're kind of miffed when we have the blind spot pointed out and we're kind of chuffed when we're pointing out the blind spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what we have to do is just overcome that, realizing the other person is our legal cheat code. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That other person is allowing us to play better because they see something that we can't. Yeah. And so we invite blind spotting and blind spotting needs to be the, the advice needs to be done in private. It never should be done in public. Yeah, yeah. And we should be willing to accept insights from trusted blind spotters that have a perspective that allows us to see what we don't. Mm. So it's a combination of realizing we don't know what we don't know. 
and being open to feedback to people who have a broader perspective that can help us with that blind spot. That can help us reduce chaos. Yeah. So the second um, element is withholds. And that's where somebody withholds a piece of information from us, um, either because they don't think it's important, or they don't understand our priorities, or they do so because of political gain. Yep. They have a power over us. And so in business, we have to create a culture where withholds are unacceptable. And yep. there is no culture, and there's no, there's no um, um, career impact to sharing the truth as you see it. Mm. We have to be willing to share what we see up the chain, not knowing if that's a blind spot or not for the executives who can potentially do something about it. Yeah. Now, part of the concept withholds is that we share the information without attachment to what's done with the information. Yeah. Yep. It is only our responsibility to report it as completely as we understand, and then rely on who we share it with to do what they need to do with it. Mm. But um, removing withholds is, is an important component. And it's also a part of, of, of a powerful relationships, both blind spotting and, and withholds are important to, to having powerful, complete relationships. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we don't discuss those topics, create withhold holes and with, mm. where they create blind spots. Yeah. And, and then the final one is misunderstandings. Yeah. And in misunderstandings, uh, typically it's because we we're still hanging on to a cultural belief that is true, but no longer useful. Mm. Or true, but incomplete. Mm. We don't have enough information to really do a judgment. Or true and we have new data. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things we have to watch for very carefully is confirmation bias where we have a belief and we keep only consuming data that supports that belief mm. instead of being open to a broader perspective. The way that we eliminate misunderstandings is we opt to broader perspectives. And uh, who was it, Thoreau, that said that the, the cure to bigotry is travel or something of that, na of that nature, the cure to racism, the cure to bigotry is travel? Mm. Because we, we get a broader perspective that there's more than one way to get something accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that being very, very careful and aware of misunderstandings is a way for us to eliminate chaos. Because if we operate from misunderstanding, we introduce unnecessary chaos yep. to what we're doing. Yeah. And so I think those three particular elements can be very useful for our listener, blind spots, withholds, and misunderstandings to help reduce unintended chaos that we have control over. Mm. And it's not just business. This is very personal, too. If we... I always think if we apply things like this in our personal lives we're, and we master them, we're going to take them into business anyway. Do You know, we're, we're going to be.
be more whole. Those first two you talked about were very much about trust. Probably the third as well, there's an underlying bit, but the, the first two, it's um, how do we build trust? You know, trust is such a, I talk about it a lot, you know, and I talk about it with being, being open and being sincere and being um, uh, consistent and being reliable, doing what you say you're going to do, being transparent, you know, a lot of that sort of stuff. But what else? Like how, because when you're talking about no withholds, there's a, there's a we have a, over here, I don't even know if it's international, a People, people Matters survey, you know, and all these big organisations use it. And one of the key things is that people think, I'm not going to say anything because I don't trust I don't trust that anything will happen as a result of me even completing the survey. So trust is deeper culturally, you know, than just whether I'm telling the truth or whether I'm being open and honest and, and consistent. So there's this deep mistrust, you know, and, and for example, when you're talking about withholds, why should I say anything? Because I don't trust that anything's ever going to happen. So how can we, how can we, I don't know, deepen that trust or sort of slowly reduce or eliminate that kind of bias that we have towards speaking up? Well, I, I think, first of all, what you're talking about is the unwillingness to speak up is actually a pearls before swine conversation. And, yeah. uh, and Jesus the Christ said, uh, don't cast your pearls before swine lest they trample them underfoot and turn and rend you. And... <laughs> So there's a warning here, which is that the, the, the advice is, is be careful with what you value with others who don't value that, because you can become damaged. And I, and I really believe that for a lot of people saying, I'm not going to share that information with you because it can be used against me. And that's a real issue in today's society is you can be canceled for saying something that somebody else disagrees with. And there's a great example of presenting a pearl to a pig and they turn and gore you. So I think, I think part of that is actually a protective mechanism and that's, that is intelligent. I'm not willing to share my deepest secrets with people who haven't earned the trust to be offered to that secret. And I know that they can receive it in the spirit in which I offer it. I'm not asking them to change their life. I'm offering them a new perspective. So I think that's one reason for what you're talking about. And there's no reason, there's no reason to, to martyr yourself. All the martyring that has needed to be done has been done on this earth. It's been done before. Don't, don't do a cover copy of what somebody else has already done, right? We've already had Joan of Arc. You don't have to be Joan of Arc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, you don't have to do that. It's been done. Um, then there's two other elements. And you, you actually mentioned it in passing as you were setting up this part of the conversation. And that is the fastest way to trust is consistency. Yeah. Consistency of behavior is how we build trust. And when we see somebody become inconsistent in their behavior and inconsistent in their speech, then we start to mistrust them. And that's where you have to have complete integrity, which is the alignment of your thoughts, your words, your physical actions. All of those things being in alignment is what allows us to have trust. Mm -hmm. And those of us who have a high level of, of intuition and empathy, as you do, you're an, you're an empath, and I can feel you because of that. 
uh, you will not trust people because your empathic nature says what what I am feeling and what they're saying is out of alignment. Yeah. And you have to trust that. And if any time that you break the trust of your own intuition, you will get damaged. Mm. So trust your intuition. If yeah. you think the if you think the person isn't authentic, great. Just disconnect. It's time to go someplace else because you can't fix them. Yeah. So, oh, done. All right. It, well, I'll let you comment, but I also want to get one more point in before yeah, we on. wrap up our show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I do want to hear what you have to say. Oh, and the, the, all right. the, the next one is trust and verify. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we raised five children. We trusted our children. But we also verified. Yeah, you know, if they were if they were supposed to be at a friend's house, we'd call over the friend's house and make sure they were there. Yep. <laughs> I wish we could do that. We'd be our, our kids are bloody shooters. <laughs> no, we do check well, up, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> well, of course not, right? But but that's you know that's 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 how we you know you and without that verification, what happens is that we invite them to. Um, we invite them to, to have bad behavior. And as, as Scott and Adams points out, is that if people believe they can get away with bad behavior and there's no yep. punishment for bad behavior, then bad behavior happens 100% of the time. Yep, that's right. Yep. So we have to validate our trust. It's because it's how we maintain our trust. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. I'm with you 100%. And I just, because. And when you go back, I just want to go back as because I don't want to miss this comment, but I, I absolutely it's about validation. Is that when you're talking about consistency, and you you said it very early in this conversation about chaos, you know, is that we our brains look for patterns and our brain looks for if this pattern occurs, I already have a response you know, a default response that is going to, well, respond to that pattern of events. And when you're talking about consistency. Uh, yes, and it worked last time. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. So we continue to do it until it burns us or and continue until we work out until a, we've got a blind spot there and we should fix it. But it, it's it's with the consistency is that if we show up consistently and then we don't, that's, you know, you're talking about mistrust. You know, it's kind of like, well, I was expecting this series of events and this this pattern from this person, and then suddenly they're not. And now I don't know, I, I don't know where to go with this, and therefore I don't feel safe. So therefore I don't trust that anymore. And so, and if we're validating, I just love that point about validation. It's 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 sometimes we um I, I think trust is an action, not not necessarily words you know and the, I think the validation comes through actions you know you're consistently acting in a certain way and you're validating what you're saying all the time and you're validating your actions through your behavior you know the whole thing go, goes together beautifully I love that I love that so much Ken Eikenberry says that trust is a noun and a verb and yeah. the more of the verb you deliver the more of the noun you get oh that's great yeah, that is great. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. It's so it's a beautiful. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. 
It is a beautiful thing. I see a lot of trust going one way and, you know, from leaders and they're like, but I am, I'm saying I I, I do trust myself and I, I am saying the right thing and they should trust me. And I'm like, if you're saying the right thing and you're doing it behind closed doors, they will never trust you because they need to see it in action and, and it needs to be consistent or then they're just not going to trust you. Even if you think you're being honest behind closed doors and on a piece of paper, it's never going to trans, translate to another person experiencing that trust. And given the fact that a, a substantial portion of any audience that you address is going to have a certain level of, of, um, of empath empathic capability, yeah. they will know. They will know if you are true to your words. Yeah. There's something else that we can do to, to help with that. And we talk about it in, the, in these both of these books, and that is accountability-capable agreements. Yeah. And where we, we create an agreement where we discuss what we'll deliver and the details of that and when we'll deliver that and what will happen if there is a failure. Yeah. And, and so we can increase our level of trust by operating from accountability-capable agreements. We can do it with each other. We can also do it within organizations. And that one thing can substantially increase the trust of a team. Yeah. Everybody's got to agree to doing accountability-capable uh, agreements. And uh, when they do, it becomes part of the culture. And when they, when they do, the trust goes through the roof because yeah. we all know that we've agreed to a certain type of behavior and a certain type of remediation if something happens that we don't mm -hmm. deliver on our agreement. Yeah. I love I love that. Now tell us about your I'm not changing subject. I'm stuck sticking with it. Your books, The Nimble C Suite and The Nimble Company. <laughs> and they've both got very long subtitles, but um oh, they, they do, but uh they do. Well, these are uh, the Better Together. They, they they were just released last month. Yeah. Uh, and I co-authored this with the amazing Dr. David Gruder, the uh, Mr. Integrity. Um, and he um, was such a treat to work with. These books are designed to help uh, organizations, large and small. And while you say, well, we don't we don't have a C-suite. We're, we're too small to have that. It doesn't really matter because it's the blueprint to how do you grow a corporation to a size where you have that type of structure. Because every function of the C-suite has to be um, has to be executed by the entrepreneur. And so, to understand what those roles are and to be able to intentionally role switch is very helpful. And that's what the Nimble C-Suite is, is really all about, is, is how, what is the mindset required to do those critical jobs in business? Yeah. And so for people that say, I, I hate to do this function, well, this book might help you to get into the mindset to be able to do that function in a state of flow. Yeah. And then the, Nimble then the Nimble Company, as its companion, talks about how do you how do you handle chaos in business? And this book is really all about execution risk, which are the chaotic elements that cause an organization to fail, large or small, doesn't matter. All these elements are there in everybody's life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so what we what we do is teach people how to be, become upheavals literate, which is about chaos, how to step into chaos, how to fix chaos. Mm. And uh, if you're if you're in a larger company, 
Um, this can be a real lifesaver. If it's a small company, it can alert you to things you need to think about yeah. to keep you out of hot, to keep you out of trouble. And we talk about blind spots and how to create a blind spot in culture and a number of other elements. So the book is not an article fluffed into 200 pages as a lot of business books are. Yeah, yeah. Um, our, our reviewers tell us, tell us it is a blueprint. Whether if you're small, this is the blueprint on how to get big. And if you're, if you're big, this is the blueprint on how to get bigger. Yeah. And so uh, we, we've brought these, uh, these books to the world to help people embrace this transformational economy we're in where relationship and authenticity is more important than the experience. And, um, and then we have a, a small boutique consulting company to help organizations with that. And our big hairy promise is yeah. that we will help you. If you have a C-suite, we can help you become the market leader in three years or less. Wow. Wow. That's a big hairy promise. <laughs> but I know you've done it because you've you've helped companies with billions of dollars of stuff. And I, I have every faith in you. And, and this comes back to that trust, doesn't it? Because you're saying that and some people might think, oh, who can do that? That's just too much. But you've consistently shown over the years that that is exactly what you do. And I, I think it's amazing. I don't know how you do it, but, you know, you are you, you do it and that consistency and that trust says that if, if you're in, you you put Mark on for three years or less, you will grow. You will you will achieve that result. So, and you've yeah. written hundreds of other books, but no, keep but talking about this. Like I like it. your promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I well, uh, one of the things I wanted to point out is that um, myself and my three co-founders have each brought companies to market leadership, yeah. all using different methods. Yeah. My method was through sales technology yep. and my uh, one of my co-founders did it through customer service technology yep. and another one did it through behavior change marketing technology yep. and another one did it through executive leadership up leveling. Yeah. And the difference is now the, th the four of us working together will use whatever blend of those four are required by our clients to achieve market leadership. And, and so it's, there's, it's not a one size fits all program. You may not need, but one of those four, or you may need all four. doesn't really matter because it's not a program. It's a platform of principles. Mm, I love it. And that is called Nimbility Works and the That's website it. is nimbilityworks.com so uh, I, i've stolen your thunder because at the end i'm going to ask you where can people find you but um no I you was... didn't you just gave me a glorious endorsement <laughs> well it's a wonderful endorsement it's it's just um i just love what you do like i just as i've said like one i absolutely trust your skill and knowledge and expertise in business absolutely trust that but not only that i absolutely trust you as a human being you know and a great friend so i i really do mark and you know that you know how deeply i care about you and i think that when you when you do business with people like you know i can i can validate you as a as a beautiful human who really does care genuinely speaks authentically about what you're talking about and you're not just making some crap up because it's transactional <laughs> you know you you genuinely 
you know it and you care about it. So I value that. I value that a lot. You know, it's very deeply, really Thank good. You. And the feeling is mutual as we have this lovely love fest at the end of this conversation. And, <laughs> and I truly do. I, I think you're amazing. I love the work that you do. I love you as a soul and a human being. And I'm honored to have you as a friend. And uh, we don't talk nearly enough. No, I know. <laughs> Damn living on the other side of the world. <laughs> Bloody time zones. Uh, I know we don't. Right. We have the most in-depth conversations and I just, I value every minute of those. You just, you know, you're amazing. I'm so happy that you came on. I'm so happy that we made this happen because, you know, glitches or no glitches from that, uh, for the, star, what did you call it, Stargate? Star, Starlink. Link. <laughs> Next to the barn with, with all the flies, but... I just love it. And we, what you're talking about is so damn important for organisations. I, I love your definition of nimbility as opposed to adaptability and pivoting because I think that everything we've talked about, you know, that looking for patterns and the, in chaos there are no patterns and we have to create them ourselves and having that that thing that's got your back and just, you know, be, being game enough to innovate is, is um you know, I think I wish more people would do it because I think everyone's got some brilliance in there that's just not, most of the time is not is not shining or not showing up. And the, the trust and consistency, the resilience, like every everything you talked about, you know, it's just we've, yeah, the other thing I was going to say too is that I think that we're talking about a lot, of, a lot about authenticity in there, you know, and trust is such a big part of authenticity, but it, I think that we spend so much energy not being ourselves, you know, and it is so much less energy to be authentic. And the energy that you generate through being authentic is really this pure high frequency buzz energy. And I I don't understand. I do understand because I understand all our beliefs and all the stuff that experiences and we've been hurt. And I, I get it. I get it. But I just wish we could get everybody saying, "Well, this is who I am." Do you know, you know, like it or lump it. This, who, and I don't no. mean, I don't mean to harm people. You don't come out and say, Never. "This is who I am." Fuck you! I'm going to trample you. That's not it. Never. But Never. Well, let me let me offer you an insight that I've gained at my age of sagacity here, <laughs> and you're a sage, and I'm a sage, and the the role of a sage is to extract other people's wisdom. It's not about our wisdom. It's about helping other people discover their wisdom, but we can only do that through our perspective and our wisdom. But yep. here's, here's the point, is to be a sage, you don't ever desire to impress somebody. Yeah. And the best way, the fastest way to authenticity is, is do not feel like you need to impress somebody else. Yeah. Because that desire to impress somebody creates a mask and you're going to present an illusion of who you aren't. Yeah. And that is going to start the relationship out of trust. That is, that's good. That's really good. Thank you. It's a, it's a lovely thing. It, it was so much fun. I, uh, somebody that both of us know, uh, we, have, we speak every month just because it's so much fun. And, and she said, you know what's different about this phone call? I'm not going to try to impress you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the it. best phone call the best conversation yeah <laughs> oh, 
I absolutely love it. You and I do know a lot of similar people. And I absolutely love it. Mark, where can we, I'm going to have to wrap up because I just, otherwise, yes, of course. six and a half hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where can people find you? Well, you know, there's two ways to do that. If, if you believe that something I've said today triggers you and says, I really need to talk to Mark. I think he can help me with a situation. He can provide some perspective that will really get me through that. Call me. Yep. 719. It's you know, one. I'm in the United States. 719-440-0439. That's my cell phone. Yep. It's sitting right here and yep. you will reach me. And the best thing to do is actually text me first and say, I saw you on Get Off the Bench with Karen and I really would love to have a conversation with you. Yeah. And we'll we'll have a conversation as quickly as we can. I'll talk to anybody. I'll give everybody, I'll invest 20 minutes in a relationship to see where it goes. Yeah. Because after 20 minutes, we'll figure out whether we got chemistry or we don't. Yeah. And now you're, you're, you're probably thinking, Mark, are you out of your freaking mind? You're handing out your cell phone and inviting people to call you? you know, aren't you going to get all kinds of crank calls? No. The calls of people who reach out to me are those who really, I can, we can do something. Yeah. And I count, I count on the power that has my back to do call blocking for the people that can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if you don't have a blood spurting problem like that, let's connect on LinkedIn. That's really the best way to, to stay in contact. And you don't have to get emails from me. You can just, you know, follow me so that you see what I post and we can have conversations and you and I do a lot of communication through through LinkedIn. It works really well. Yeah. And um, so the fastest way is to type into your browser marks, M-A-R-K-S on LinkedIn.com. And it'll take you directly to my profile. I'm Mark S.A. Smith. But there's, with a lot of Mark Smith, sometimes it's hard to find. So marks on yeah. LinkedIn.com will just take you straight to my profile yeah. and uh, say, hey, I, I heard your conversation with Karen. I think that you're absolutely full of horse hockey, uh, being at the farm. And those are the kind of people I need more of in my life. <laughs> I love it. And people can also check out nimbilityworks.com to see what you're doing. There. Absolutely. Well, and we actually have an extraordinary document that you can get from our, our homepage, which is a strategy roadmap. How do you create a, an effective strategy day to create the strategy for your company? And we step you through how do you set it up and how do you run it and questions to ask to help find that strategy to have the best year ever. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. And you can get the two books from the website and also from Amazon and that sort of stuff. But I have got and from media.nimbilityworks.com. But I will put that all those links in the show notes anyway, so people can reach out to you. But um, Mark, I've absolutely loved this. Thank you so, so much. Likewise. Cool. <laughs> Likewise, you 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 always extract out of me something that's interesting and lovable, and and your energy is so contagious. I, I love having our friendship, and I love supporting you in what you do in your world. Thank you, Mark, and and ditto back to you. You're absolutely gorgeous. So uh, we will try not to leave it too long before our next conversation. And thank you very much for joining us. A delight. Thanks for inviting me. Happy trails. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Oh, guys, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I know there was a lot of laughter and a lot of um, pulling Mark off the subject, especially talking about cheating in solitaire. But that was a great conversation and it's 
I love the fact that his his books and his whole conversation is not not just about business. I mean, if you are a business and you've got a C-suite and, well, even if you haven't, if you're just a company and you want to get bigger in any way, I reckon get those books. It's But it's so um, relevant to just everyday people, everyday life. We are living in this situation of chaos. And, and is it chaos or is it our perspective? And I don't know, but the point is we are caught up in chaotic um, moments, chaotic energy because of what's happening in the world. And as Mark said, you know, to master it, it's kind of at the intersection of innovation and resilience. And and, and as we said, trust, we talked a lot about trust and that is a really big thing. But I hope you got so much out of it. I hope you enjoyed the energy. Um, I don't know. I, I I really would love people just to well go follow Mark and, and and talk to him. If you if you are drawn to him, do ring him or do connect with him on uh, LinkedIn and really enjoy his company because he's got so much to offer. And I just I don't know. He's been such a valuable friend to me over COVID, and he's really helped me a lot. You know, and it, just having. Having that whole thing about I'm not going to impress you, you know, just having a conversation where you can be honest about a lot of stuff. Mark's been a really, really, really authentic, genuine soul that has really given me a lot of little insights at times when I've really needed them. So, you know, talk about trust and validation. You know, he he genuinely is a beautiful person. So. I hope you've enjoyed that. I hope you got something out of it. And um, please go follow him. All the links will be in the show notes. And again, thank you very much for joining me again for another week. I will catch you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com. Tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.